0: Here in 2 Kings chapter 11, a diabolical plot fueled by the devil and working through a wicked queen destroys all but one male descendant of David's royal line. It looked like God's promises had failed and all hope was gone until an unlikely hero steps forward and saves the day. Let's join Pastor Ross now with a message entitled, A Close Call. Good evening, let's get started. Uh, You can turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 11, where we pick up, because last time we were in chapter 10. We're going chapter by chapter, verse by verse, through 2 Kings. While you're doing that, let's ask the Lord for his blessing. Now, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would reset our focus, that you would touch our hearts and make us sensitive to your voice through your living word. Help us not just to be hearers and deceive ourselves into thinking that's of any benefit if we don't follow through with doing. So help us toward that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as most of you know, the regulars, uh, it's been a little gloomy and doomy here in 2 Kings uh, up to chapter 10. The last few chapters have been uh, dark clouds and. Uh, gray skies, but tonight, after another fierce thunderstorm, uh, the clouds are going to part, and we are going to get a ray of sunshine. How many are, are open to having a, a joy-filled word tonight? <laughs> uh, the context, of course, it's a divided kingdom, and I have that first chart that I've been using. Israel and Judah have split. They are a civil war. At uh, each other, Uh, there's a conflict here, of course, and we've been dealing with this last uh, group of kings. They're uh, all related to King Omri there, but the the big troublemaker, of course, was uh, Ahab and his wife Jezebel. And so we've been talking about them, and last time, uh, the Lord had raised up uh, Jehu, This is the new guy. He's not related to them. He was one of the commanders. And the Lord had promised Ahab uh, when they did that terrible deed to Naboth and stole his vineyard by murdering him. The Lord prophesied to Ahab, none of your descendants are ever going to uh, continue on. Your dynasty is going to come to a screeching halt. And you'll remember that. uh, So Jehu, Jehu shot an arrow through the heart of Joram's. Uh, breastplate there, and he died. And and since over here, Ahaziah, his nephew by marriage, uh, was visiting Jehoram, he Jehu also killed him. And then he went after the queen mother, and she got tossed out of a window. So Jehu is responsible. Really, the Lord's justice. To keep the promise that he made uh, because of their relentless rebellion and wickedness that his dynasty would come to a wretched end. And as we found out last time, it wasn't just about uh, deposing this king and his mother, who was really reigning as well, uh, but it was his 70 heirs, potential. Uh, claimants to the throne that had to be destroyed as well. So all of the males in Ahab's family are now this guy who was the official king and all the 70 plus other heirs because when the Lord told um, Ahab, that his days were numbered and that his his dynasty would be ended, he went to work as we said last time, uh having sons, and he had seventy sons, and it was like in the Lord's face saying, "Oh, you're going to bring my dynasty to an end? Well, not if I've got seventy sons and so we saw how they ended last time. Uh, the Lord doesn't have a problem with numbers he He can just uh, bring <laughs> justice, he's got an endless supply. Of power. And now, so all of Ahab's male descendants have been dealt with, but what about any of the female uh, descendants? Verse 1. When Athaliah, thank you for that um, chart, when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, that was the king of Judah, the nephew who took the arrow, right, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy. The whole royal family. Now, that's a significant statement, and we need to part there just for a few minutes and talk about that. So, if you're taking notes, number one, the wrath of Athaliah. The wrath of Athaliah. Now, I have a little picture of what I think that Athaliah looks like, okay? Um, Laughter Cruella Deville from 101 Dalmatians. All right, so uh, this is not Jezebel. Athaliah is Jezebel's daughter. Now, she's reigning in Judah because they married her out over there to kind of get uh, to ruin David's royal line and to kind of dominate the whole country. That's Jezebel's whole plan. Not only would she be the king of, she would be the mother of the king of Israel, which she was, she is the grandmother of the king of Judah because of her daughter being married over into the side of Judah. So let's go to the second chart. Let me explain what's going on here. So uh, what the text says is now we're switching to the south. What's up in the south? And this is the family here. Athaliah was married to Jehoram, right? But she is their daughter, all right? And so they get married and have Ahaziah, who was killed by Jehu. Now, when news comes back that Jehu has killed her son, normally what would happen? Ahaziah has sons, that need to come into the four and, and be crowned king. He has heirs. But what did the Queen Mother do? She killed his heirs. Do you know who they are? They're her grandchildren. They're her grandsons. Ahaziah's sons, it says in your text, Ahaziah's heirs, she orders killed, and she becomes queen. She is Jezebel's daughter through and through, and Ahab's daughter as well. And so we're gonna, you're going to meet Joash in a minute here, but this is what's going on here. She murders all her grandsons so she could reign, and without heirs, uh, the throne can go to her by default. Now, this is the gal, thank you, This is the gal who grew up with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who lived in the palace and ate at the dinner table. Almost a thousand sorcerers filled the palace with witchcraft because that was Jezebel's deal. She supported a thousand false prophets to stumble Israel and to bring the worship of Baal into Israel. Right? Athaliah, the daughter, grows up in this. So she's nurtured around all the sorcery, the witchcraft, the idolatry, the sexual immorality, the power plays, the murder, all of that. So in one sense, Ahab and Jezebel, the parents, are going to be responsible in part for producing this kind of woman, Athaliah. And, of course, she's acting just like a a chip off the old uh, block there. Uh, So when one commentator said, when lust and greed and covetousness are allowed to be our master passion, people become more like monsters than human beings. Uh, People pull an Athaliah all the time. But we shouldn't be so shocked that for the sake of selfish ambition, she was willing to off her grandsons. Um, so-called Christians also pull an Athaliah. I meet them all the time in ministry. Uh, a cute guy at the gym who pays a little attention or a seductive woman at work who's good with flattery and then adultery is committed, the home collapses, and so that that person can have what they want, at the expense of the others involved, and that would be their children and their grandchildren. So when I read verses like that, yes, I gasp, but I also see in real life how uh, the spirit of Athaliah uh, works in any selfish heart. James chapter three, verse sixteen It says, "Where you have selfish ambition, a self centered life the 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 unholy trinity of me, myself, and I." When you have that in your life, James 3.16 says, uh, there you will find every evil practice. Do you think about selfishness like that? A self-centered life uh, will do that. Children will crush their parents. Parents will crush their children. Spouses will crush the other for a little money, for a little thirst for fame, for drugs, for alcohol, for pleasure. Uh, The me... Me, myself, and I, it's not the way to go. Let me give you a quick example, and then we'll move on. A man my age was bawling his eyes out many years ago in my office, talking about his mother, was 70, 73, 74, whatever it was. She was still selling crack in Reno, where she lived all her life. Balling his eyes out. He's had a lifelong addiction. Not only to that, but to pornography. She'd bring prostitutes into the home and she was making money that way. Here's here's Athaliah. The expense of her son, a grown man in his fifties, bawling his eyes out, trying to get clean and sober. But telling me that his mom, even this week, was selling, not this week, the week we were talking about, was uh, selling drugs. Athaliah lives. She lives in your heart. She lives in my heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can ever understand it? Jeremiah Chapter 17 and verse 9. And I pity the person who says, not me. That's not in my heart. I could never do anything like put myself first and sin. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're in trouble right there. <laughs> yeah. Just ask, your, ask somebody who knows you really well. They'll tell you the truth. <laughs> All right, so the the city is in chaos. Orders are given. The executioners are en route to kill the royal grandsons. Uh, they're going to be put to death, all of them. And they are David's heirs. They are King David's boys. Removed eight generations. Uh, but Jehoshabah, all right, verse two. The daughter of King Jehoram, and the sister of Ahaziah took Joash, son of Ahaziah, one of the heirs, one of the babies, and stole him away from the royal princes who were about to be murdered. She put him in his, and his nurse, or his nanny, his nanny, in a bedroom to hide him from Athaliah so he was not killed. He remained hidden with his nurse at the temple of the Lord. For six years, while Athaliah ruled the land as queen. All right, so we've got the wrath of Athaliah. And by the way, you do know who's behind uh, the flesh and blood of Athaliah, right? The evil one is working through her. And now we have the grace of the Almighty. So the wrath of Athaliah and the grace of the Almighty. Now... Ultimately, evil will never win. I mean, it seems to win some battles, but it never wins the war. So Satan has his workers, but God has his workers too. And and so we're going to take a look at this and meet Jehoshaphat. Now, she's a princess herself. I've got another slide for you to help this. That's right. You've got to follow this. All right. So we're at kings of Judah side, right? And we've got Jehoram and Athaliah, who's Jeze- Je- Jezebel Jr., all right? They have Ahaziah, and uh, Ahaziah has a sister. Your text just told you. Do you know what that makes Athaliah to Jehoshiba? Her mother. Yeah. She's either mother or stepmother. But it's a, your text tells you the king has a daughter, Ahaziah has a sister, and here she is. Not everybody repeats the family madness. Everybody's got a choice. One goes left, three go right. Three go left, one goes right. That's how it goes. We all know that in families. Just because your, your, your parents raised you a certain way doesn't mean anything. You have to choose. You make a choice. She's going to make a choice to say this isn't right. David's throne must have a descendant of David on it or the promises of the hope of the world through Israel will perish and I will put myself in harm's way against my own mother, who will gladly kill me along with everybody else if she catches on to it. But she's willing. So uh, just so you know, the most important person in the Bible, besides Jesus Christ, the most significant act in all 66 books is one nobody ever talks about. And it's the reason you are sitting here tonight with hope in your heart of eternal life. One person and one action. Her. Joshua. David's throne. There's one heartbeat left. If he died, you don't have a savior. You won't have Mary. She would have died inside the loins of her ancestor. Right? Right? There was one, God made a promise, Second Samuel chapter 7, thank you for the chart. Second Samuel 7 to David, from your body, I will bring a king, a messiah, who will reign forever and ever from your body. Joash is the sole survivor of David's body. You don't have Joash. Joash. You don't have the promise, you don't have the promise, you don't have a savior, you don't have a savior, you're still in your sins. That was one important woman, (laughs) Jehoshaphat. one important woman. She did such an incredibly brave thing. So uh, evil cannot prevail. Proverbs 21 and verse 30. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. God has a plan. Yeah, you know what? For six years, it didn't look like it, did it? You know, a lot of Jews and Israelites knew that God had made a promise to bring the Messiah, Israel's Messiah, and if they were a good Jew and a studied Jew, they knew that that meant salvation for the world because it was clear in the Old Testament. But it looked like that was it. Nobody knew there was a king alive, hidden away. All of David's heirs were dead, as far as it seemed. And some wicked woman is reigning. The daughter of Jezebel is on the throne. Where's God? Where's the promise? And it often will seem like that. But you have to have faith that God's word will always come to pass. And there's always a flicker of light somewhere just because you can't see it. The day is coming when it that flicker of light shall come forth and be revealed and, and shown. God kept his word. But six years, six long years. Here's what G. Campbell Morgan said about this uh, verse. So we see evil plans always come undone somewhere along the line. Evil is very clever and it calculates on all the possibilities and it seems to leave no unguarded place. But with frequent regularity, it fails somewhere to cover up its tracks to ensure its victory. In other words, Satan is clever, but God is cleverer. Satan is a schemer, but God is sovereign. Uh, The devil tries, but God triumphs. And so when it's dark in your own life, and when the promise seems to have been broken, uh, just know this, that God's word is going to come to pass. Um, because God promised. And guess what Jehoshaphat's name means? God promises. The oath of the Lord, Jehovah. That's amazing. So out the lion's raining, people are despairing, and then out of nowhere. Verse 4, in the seventh year, Jehoiada, Jehoiada, as we find out in Second Chronicles, is her husband, Jehoshaphat's husband, uh, is the high priest. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, this high priest sent for the commanders of the units of a hundred. The Karites, Karites are bodyguards in the Old Testament, And the guards that have been brought to him at the temple of the Lord. So he calls for all the military brass to come in. The high priest who's kind of raising the boy. All right. So seven years have gone by. The boy's seven. The heir to the throne is seven. And he got the high priest is calling out. Come on in guys to the army. Uh, He made a covenant with them and put them under oath at the temple of the Lord. Then he showed them the king's son. Hmm. He commanded them saying, this is what you are to do. You who are in three companies that are going on duty on the Sabbath, a third of you guarding the royal palace, a third of you at the gate, and a third at the gate behind the guard who takes turns guarding the temple. And you who are in the other two companies that normally go off Sabbath duty are all to guard the temple for the king, the seven-year-old. Station yourselves around the king, each man with his weapon in his hand. Anyone who approaches your ranks must be put to death. Stay close to the king wherever he goes. The commanders of units of a hundred did just as Jehoiada the priest ordered. Each one took his men, those who were going on duty on the Sabbath and those who were going off duty, and came to Jehoiada the priest. Then he gave the commanders the spears and the shields that had belonged to King David and that were in the temple of the Lord. The guards, each with his weapon in his hand, stationed themselves around the king near the altar and the temple from the south side to the north side of the temple. Jehoiada brought out the king's son and put the crown on, on him. He presented him with a copy of the covenant and proclaimed him king. They anointed him, and the people clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the king. All right, so we've had the wrath of Athaliah. We have the grace of the Almighty and the conspiracy now of the righteous. Now, a few of God's people are going to get together and work to save the day. And by the way, it only takes a few righteous people. Righteous means right with God to change the world. So it's time for the big reveal. So, for after six full years, uh, this Joash was rescued as an infant, now is in first grade. And 2 uh, Chronicles' version of this tells us that the high priest, uh, Joshua, joshua's husband encourages himself finds the courage to come out now he feels prompted by the holy spirit that now is the time to reveal uh so uh he, the little boy is being raised in the temple he's mixed in with all the kids the levites have kids and they live in the temple and he's just one of the kids and only like three people know nobody else knows So most of the levites don't even know it's just one of the kids there, and so he's being raised he 's learning the word of god he 's serving he 's getting and they're nurturing him Mom and dad, mom and dad are really the high priest and his wife, and the wife is his auntie, the boy's auntie, right, and so uh, he musters his courage, and he 's going to call verses four and following they call in the top military brass and to secure uh, all of the allegiances and there's a remnant in the army who love the lord still and he calls them in and um he swears them under oath first he says listen in front you know he's got the incense he's got everything he's he looks like the high priest right he is the high priest and they're before the altar and there's blood and boy he swears them by an oath you will remain quiet About what I'm about to tell you. So help you God. And they agree. And he says good. Now let me show you. David's heir to the throne. And the seven year old kid comes out. Spitting image of Ahaziah. Spitting image of his father. Spitting image of King David. Can you imagine What joy, what hope, these guys, I mean, did they drop to one knee before this first grader? You know, did they start crying? I mean, uh, just did light come back in their faces? You know, good news gives health to the bones, man, and they've been oppressed for a long time. Verses five through eight, we find out that this guy's like a pastor, right? He's the high priest, but he's pretty good at military strategy as well. So he's got a plan and he's dividing them up by thirds, giving them all assignments. By the way, he picks the Sabbath for the day of the coup uh, because the groups of the guards are changing and swapping out on the Sabbath. So he has all the guards he wants without calling attention because they're in, they're swapping out. So as they're coming in, he's got everybody he needs, and nobody's wondering, why are all the guards gathering? Well, they're all gathering because they do that every Sabbath. And so he's using uh, his wisdom there. And so the bottom line, of course, is he says, guard this kid with your lives. I don't think there's going to be any problem there. Um, go where he goes. Stay with him. If he wants to play Legos, get down and play Legos with him. Uh, <laughs> But make sure your weapons are drawn. And verse 8, and by the way, if anyone comes near you, which if if word gets out, they'll try to kill this kid. And we'll have no Messiah. And Israel will have no king. Because we're waiting for the king who's going to come through this boy's body to be the everlasting king. Almighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace is coming through this kid and this kid alone. This kid dies, you don't have that. So take your spears and your weapons and how fitting that they take the spears and the shields that belong to King David who is great times eight grandfather to this boy by blood. What's even cooler to me that by blood, he's Jesus progenitor. He's related. Jesus comes from this kid by blood. That to me is just amazing. So how fitting. Yeah, use David's weapons. Because why? They belong to the kid. (laughs) He's the heir to David. He's David's last name, as it were, you know? And uh, so lights, camera, and action. The special forces take their place. Can you imagine the impressive uh, military stances? And they've got... So he's setting it up for the big reveal, right? So around the altar, they put the, the boy king... Uh, front and center, right there. And then they line the place with all the bodyguards and everybody. Verse 12, he's crowned. He has a crown on his little head, uh, anointed by the priest. They're doing it by the book. And when I say the book, I mean the book, uh, the Bible, which is what the word Bible means. Biblos, it means the book. And uh, he's presented, as you can see in verse 12, with a copy of the law. Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 18 says that every king in Israel was to be given a special handwritten copy of the law of Deuteronomy. So they hand him a scroll of Deuteronomy. So he takes the scroll. He's been crowned. He's got oil dripping down. He's the king. The trumpets blow. Everybody's gathering around. Long live the king. There's sudden burst of applause and like I said the trumpets and shouts and loud rejoicing Israel the hope of the world the Messiah to come through her we're back in business we're back online verse 13 when Athaliah <laughs> heard the noise made by the guards and the people She went to the people at the temple of the Lord. She looked and there was the king standing by the pillar as the custom was. The officers and the trumpeters were beside the king and all the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. It's the Sabbath. The people of the land come to worship on the Sabbath. Then Athaliah tore her robes indignantly and calls out, treason, treason, I say. Jehoiada, the priest, ordered the commanders of the units of a hundred, the centurions, really, if they were Roman, who were in charge of the troops, bring her out between the ranks and put to the sword anyone who follows her. For the priest had said she must not be put to death in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her as she reached the place where the horses entered the palace grounds and there she was put to death. All right, so we have the conspiracy of the righteous was point three and then the death of the wicked, point four. So there's a rowdy raucous going on out in the temple courtyard and the queen happens to hear it and, and it sounds happy. So that really ticks her off. You know, uh, what's all the joy about? We can't have that. And so, uh, love this line. It gave me goosebumps today. She looked, and there was the king. There was the king standing by the pillar, crowned. Her grandson, who escaped her murderous grasp, is standing there as king. Her whole Life had to have flashed before her eyes. I was was in my office and I said out loud, was it worth it? (laughs) Was it worth it? Did you really think you could pull it off? Pull a fast one on Jehovah God? Wow. The sudden awareness that first few seconds when she saw "I've I've been caught. I've been outsmarted. I'm in trouble. When her eyes laid sight on the king that she wished never was, isn't it just like the first few seconds of breathing in the air of eternity when the unrepentant sinner leaves his body, the temple of the body, and stands before the king and sees the king by the pillar. With the crown and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the blaze of fire. Yeah, it's rut row. It's rut row again. It's rut row for Athaliah and it's rut row for anybody who suddenly has to see the king. There he is. Oh, it wasn't you as the queen or the king who you played for six years or your lifetime but it was actually he was the king. Not you. It's the same thing. I see a little picture going on there. And so, uh, the death of the wicked, right? So... When the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding. But when the wicked perish, the righteous thrive, Proverbs twenty-eight, twenty-eight. So there's going to be a chance to thrive now. Uh, yet another body bag has to be brought out for this unbelievably wicked family. Now, let, what a legacy this family has. Let me say this. Uh, Cruella's put to death right there, right? Her brother, Ahaziah, her brother, was executed by the arrow from Jehu. Seventy of her half-brothers were decapitated for their evil wickedness. Her husband is King Jehoram, who died of judgment. The Lord struck him with a painful bowel disease. I don't know if you recall that. Yeah, I I would have blocked it out of my mind too. (laughs) That's in 2 Chronicles 21 if you're interested for the details on that one. So, her father, oh, I'm not done yet. You think all of that would have taught her in the six years? Maybe, you know, maybe I should just get on my knees and just ask the Lord to forgive me. I mean, after all, I did kill all my grandkids. And that's probably not going to be good when I stand before him. God gave her. What do you think six years went by? You get six years, lady. Part of the reason, I'm sure. Her father, King Ahab, was shot through the little space in his armor where there's a little crack. He was fleeing and some random arrow, a random guy just shooting randomly, you know, and it goes into the chariot through the little crack in his armor. ping, And he slumps over and spends the whole day bleeding to death. And the dogs lick up his blood. This is her daddy. Lick up his blood by the pool where the prostitutes would bathe. That's her dad. Now let's talk about her mom. But I have a whole list, right? You've heard the whole list. But here's her mom, Jezebel. Gets thrown out of a window. And I won't describe the scene, but she does get run over by the chariot just in case she's still alive. And then the dogs come and eat her and leave her skull, her hands, and her feet. And Athaliah says, you want some of this, God? I'm not bowing. After all of that, some people out there are not very wise. They don't connect the dots. If anybody should connect the dots and say, you know, in my family, we have a habit of of rejecting the Lord and going after idolatry and doing other wicked things. And it really doesn't go well for any of us, but, you know, maybe somebody, well, somebody did. Jehoshaphat said, I'm done. Now, how did Jehoshaphat, Ahaziah's sister, end up marrying the high priest? Good question. (laughs) Jezebel Athaliah, I should say. Athaliah wants her daughter to corrupt the priesthood so she can be queen mother. She was already queen mother. She wanted to be queen mother over church and state. So she gives her daughter to the high priest. But instead of corrupting the high priest, the high priest converted her. That's what the commentators think. It can go either way. And it went the right way for Joe Shabbat. So my initial takeaway really uh, from this is crime doesn't pay and the wages of sin is death. I have a couple scriptures just to just to leave this whole scene. The mind of sinful man is death, period. New Testament application of the Athaliah spirit. (laughs) But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind of Athaliah's, it's hostile to God It can't submit to God's law, nor can it ever. That's why you have to be born again. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. If you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die, period. (laughs) But if by the spirit... You put to death. That's why you have to be born again. You can't do it by yourself. The misdeeds of the body you will live because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And, and one more. Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. What I love about the Scripture is he says... Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Why does he say don't be fooled? He's saying God's word, God, you'll never be able to say I sinned and I lived a life of pleasure and I did my own thing and nothing bad ever happened to me. You'll never be able to say that. So don't be fooled because you may look at people and think they're getting away with murder. But don't be deceived whether in this life or the life to come. God always gets his man or his woman. It's either payment through Christ or payment by the sinner for the deeds. It, justice will happen either way. Justice has happened in Christ for all of our sins have been paid for. There are no sins on me. There are no sins on you if you're in Christ because Christ paid for them. But if Christ did pay for him, someone's got to pay for him. You will reap it destruction. It's a spiritual law. But it works the other way too. You keep living by the Spirit and you're going to reap eternal life. And may I say, before we finish the last few verses, what nerve Athaliah has. Oh, this really bugged me when I read it. She comes out, she sees the king, her grandson. She tears her robe in a self righteous indignation. You tear the robe when somebody's done something blasphemous, right? Oh this is this is terrible. She tears her robe and then she cries out treason treason What nerve you murdered your grandchildren you are you are cruella de vil and you're coming out here and you're saying, you're you're pointing the finger at all these wicked people these blasphemers they're tra- oh, you know oh, that just made me crazy <laughs> i like what one writer said isn't it just like many treacherous people who live for themselves and hurt other people they always want to blame everyone else and play the victim when in fact they are the source of the pain and the suffering for many. Self-centeredness warps one's view of the world. Isn't that true? It's all your fault, all of you. Trees and trees, and no, I'm not you guys. I'm saying she was saying that. You guys look at me like, well, i don't do not doing anything. Okay, uh, She's killed. Not in the sanctuary. Don't get her blood in here. The sanctuary is a place where people come to accept the peace God has made with them. Take her out there. And when they got to the place where the animals could come in, that's a good place to kill someone who lived like an animal. You will die like an animal. And you die where the horses are allowed to come in. They put her to death and that was a righteous judgment. The death penalty, the death penalty. She's a murderer. The law says you forfeit your life when you take the life of somebody else and that is before the law is given. The death penalty stands today. You, you, kill, you murder someone in cold blood. It is God's will that the state take your life. That is not Old Testament law. That is proclaimed right after the flood, before the law. That is God's judgment call on the world. If you want to argue about it with me, uh, email me. At Pastor Jim, calvarytherock.org. Can we finish up now? (laughs) All right, so here we go. 17 and we're done all the way. Jehoiada, the priest then made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's and they would be that, the, that they would be the Lord's people all right got it he also made a covenant between the king and the people all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal now there's one in the south we we heard about the one in the north last time and tore it down They smashed the altars and idols to pieces and killed Metan, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Then Jehoiada, the priest, posted guards at the temple of the Lord. He took with him the commanders of hundreds, the guards, the Karites, the bodyguards, the guards, and all the people of the land. And together they brought the king down from the temple of the Lord and went into the palace, entering by way, of the gate of the guards. The king then took his place on the royal throne and all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was quiet because Athaliah had been slain. <laughs> I like that verse. You know, so finally there was peace because she, they killed her with the sword at the palace. Joash was seven years old when he began to reign and I believe he reigned quite a long time. What does your chart say? Forty years? 40 years. Yeah. Now, how is he reigning? He's reigning through the high priest as a got a council. They nurture. They're nurturing him. They're they're r- ruling council through him until he gets into his own and he becomes mature. But there is a king on the throne and the righteous are ruling. And so number 5 and finally the revival of God's people, the revival of God's people. So um when the wicked perish, the righteous thrive. And so now there's going to be spiritual revival here because there's room to breathe. They're not so intimidated anymore. One wrong move, one wrong prayer, one wrong offering, one wrong word of evangelism. And you could get yourself killed under Athaliah's reign. But now that she's gone, uh, people can thrive spiritually. And so the first thing is a recommittal service. Uh, The people pledge uh, through the high priest to love honor and obey and serve the Lord so there's a renewal of vows alright and it, it sounds really wonderful um, how about you do you need to renew your vows to the Lord to love honor and obey think about that now as with any genuine spiritual revival or awakening um, there's repentance there's an uprooting of sinful counterfeit evil practices so If you ever want to know, am I having spiritual revival? Then look for evidence of change. And mostly in repentance and renouncing things that were taking you down that are evil or sinful. Um, uh, For example, if you contemporize this, uh, they're tearing down the walls of Baal's temple. They're not going there anymore. Uh, That's going to change. So if if it were the bottle and alcohol is a sin for you, uh, then the bottle would go away. And you could look to your life and say, the bottle stopped here. You could point and say, there's change in my life. If it's pornography, then pornography stops being accessed. But you cannot say that you're really walking with the Lord if you have an ongoing viewing Of pornography because that is idolatry and sexual immorality and adultery and fornication all wrapped up in one little activity. But if you have spiritual awakening, then you can see in your life that you don't do that anymore. So the Baal temple walls were down, nobody was going there anymore. You see, so it's one thing to say God's working in your life and you're growing as a Christian. uh, But if you're doing the same old thing and you can't point to things, you can't say, hey, I used to gossip a lot, but I've been watching what I've been saying. Or my attitude's been bitter or harsh or critical or cynical, but I've been paying attention and my attitude's different now. You see, the the walls of the Baal temple, the idolatry, the things that are our master passions that pull us in different directions, they have to change. That's how Israel knew, hey, look at, see the rubble over there? We're having an awakening. Where's the rubble? Should have a little pile of something, right, that you're working on. All of us always have to be Working. What if you don't pray? You just never pray. That's a serious one. If you don't spend time with God talking to God, perhaps you don't have a relationship with him. You think you do. There'll be people on that day who think they had a relationship with God, but there was no evidence. They don't read the Bible. They don't talk to him. There's no repenting. Baal's temple's there. There's no there's no changing, there's no growing, there's no transforming, there's no repenting. But they know stuff. And so by knowing stuff, they think that's enough. Second Corinthians thirteen five, question mark, says Examine yourself to see if you are in the faith do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? Paul says by the Holy Spirit, examine your life. It's really worth the awkward, uh, cold eye look and examination. Am I kidding myself here? Am I just, I just know a lot of stuff and I know how to do church, but there's nothing really going on with me and the Lord that's worthwhile don't let that happen to you so just like King Jehu supervised the destruction of the temple of Baal in Israel now Jehoiada supervises the destruction of the temple of Baal in Jerusalem the sacred objects are uh, how to go the priest behind it too how to go and after six long dark years the rightful king is ruling and over a bunch of grateful people. So why don't we have the musicians come on back up? And uh, I will give you my little takeaways, my little one-minute takeaway. So what I like to do is, after I do my study, I just like to think about what I learned from the chapter, and, and this, these are some of, uh, this is what I've took away. Number one, thank you. Number one, selfish ambition. Well, you can play. Thank you. (laughs) Selfish ambition, number one, will leave a wake of destruction behind me and not only hurt me, but others who are connected to me. That's number one. Don't want to be a selfish person. It's dangerous. (laughs) Not only to me, but to everybody around me. Number two, It may appear like the bad guy is winning and getting away with it, but God is smarter and will demand justice either through his son or through the sinner. Number three, sometimes it also appears like God's promise to us has been broken, that it isn't gonna come to pass when in reality, it's all about timing. Just be patient. In God's time, his faithfulness will be revealed. Number four, like Jehoshaphat, I want to be brave enough to stand up to evil even if it puts me in harm's way so that lives can be blessed or saved and God's word upheld and honored. Number five, sin is never worth it, period. And last, if I want revival, then everything associated with Baal, the counterfeit, has to be torn down and ripped out of my life. Then, when I can point to changing behavior, then I can know God is at work reviving my soul. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, I just thank you so much for your grace and your goodness. You're alive in us. You're working. You're not a dead religion. Lord, you're a father, a loving father with a spirit poured into our hearts to change us and to comfort us, to guide us, to speak to us, Lord. We want to listen and talk to you and to respond and to live for you, cooperating, putting to death the deeds of the body and Lord, the misdeeds, that is, and just to walk with you in a loving way. We thank you, God, for this inspiring chapter no, the many truths therein. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand for the closing song. You have been listening to The Rock Podcast. Our regular services are held on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at Calvertherock.org.